0: Sandy Caldwell and you are listening to episode number 55 of Quilt Cabana Corner and I thank you so much for joining me. I'm just sitting down here with my nice cup of hot coffee and so I hope you'll go grab your coffee, tea, water, wine, whatever your pleasure is and come right back and join me. So episode 54 which was the previous one we recorded in September. So it's been a couple of months, but it's been a productive couple of months for me anyway. I hope it has been for you. I've been quilting. I got a new Brother Cut and Scan machine which cuts fabric and paper and vinyl and all kinds of things. I'll talk more about that a little bit later on. I finished up my quilt along from the summer. That was the Royal Star Quilt, and it's getting ready to be gifted to someone and I can't say who because it's a Christmas gift but uh, I've also been long arming and I released my first ebook ever which was co- is called Fabric Sketch Collage with Sandy Colwell and it takes you through the process of making an 8x8 fabric sketch collage from your fo- favorite photo and I'll talk more about that also in a minute. Over the past few months, I've also read a few good books, had some workshops at my home, and I have chosen my word, or words, I should say, for 2020. If you've been following along with me for, oh, I don't know, the last 10 years, you probably know that I enjoy choosing a word for the upcoming year. And that word is something that is going to inspire me and motivate me to do something more or better with my life and last year or to change something in in my life last year i chose two words the first one was create and the second one was slow and create was chosen because i didn't feel in the year before that i was having a lot of time to actually create things I was busy doing things and teaching and long arming and whatnot, but I didn't really feel I was creating much. So thinking back about that, I'm not sure how much more I created, but I had that word as a guiding light, so to speak. And when I had a few minutes time to myself, I did think about that word and reflected on it. And I did create some things. And I will say most notably was the Step Into Your Art 2019 Art Challenge. And I put that challenge out there to a Facebook group. And I don't know, I think there were like under 10 of us. But each month we had a different theme. And we tried to incorporate that theme into art. And that art could have been a quilt, a knitted project, a drawing, and it just ended up being whatever anyone in the group felt reflected that theme for them during those days. So here we are in December, we're heading into our last challenge, which I have to post later today. And I had asked actually, put it out to the group, do we want to continue doing it? And I, the responses that I got, everyone would like to continue. So if you would like to join us and in step into your art 2020, <laughs> I would love to have you. You can just visit my Facebook page, Quilt Cabana Patterns, on Facebook, and you will see groups listed there, and I welcome you to join. This is a very low-key, no-rule, interpret-the-theme-as-you-will kind of group. And we inspire each other, and it has been a very creative thing for me. The second word was slow. And the word slow, as my choice was born out of a need to take a step back, and let's just say, as a mom of three daughters who are now 21, 19, and 17, over the past few years, they've been teenagers, right? And our lives have been so busy with dance and music school and group activities and Friends coming over and wanting to go places, and college applications and driver's licenses. And of course, um, also, if you've been following me, you know that we have a genetic disorder in our family, and that has to do with all of the girls and myself missing several second teeth. And as a result of that, we've had implant surgeries, oral surgeons cosmetic dentist up the wazoo. So <laughs> it's been a very, very busy bunch of years. And I've loved every minute of it, but I'm, so, I was so tired at the end of last year. I really felt like I had to do myself a favor and just slow down, take a step back, slow down, take myself out of the rush. And I do think that I managed to do that And probably mostly because two of the girls are off to college. So it was really just Leah and Greg and I, and we're a pretty mellow bunch around here. So um, I think that that word choice was successful for me. So this year, I am gearing up to choose my new word. And again, I'm choosing two. So the first word is going to be service. And it might sound funny that I'm choosing service When I'm just coming off of a year of slow. (laughs) And what that word service doesn't mean is that I'm going to run off and start doing, you know, Daisy troops and brownie troops and Sunday school and all that stuff that, you know, we've all done over the years. What it means is that I'm going to make sure that I am still being of service to people. In certain ways. So I think that last year I didn't really do a whole lot of community service stuff. I wasn't really involved with my church that much either. And, you know, I've had a year off from, you know, doing it basically. And I'm ready to get back to some form of service. And I don't know what that will look like. But as the year unfolds, I am sure that opportunities will present themselves and I will be ready to jump in a little bit to participate. My second word is going to be believe. So I'm choosing believe because this year coming up, I am going to choose to believe that everything will be all right, that I will have confidence in my own self, I will not worry about the worst case scenarios always happening, I will learn to relax in my own skin some, and I will just choose to believe that that is what will happen. So those are my two words. They, again, are believe and service. Have you thought about your words for next year? I'd love to hear about them. Leave me a comment and let me know what you have decided, and if you are so inclined, let me know why you've decided and Also, a little more homework for you. Let me know how 2019's words went. I love to hear this kind of stuff. It makes me so excited and um, enthused for the coming year. So one of the things I'm working on this week, other than choosing my words, (laughs) has been the workshop schedule for the in-house workshops that I do here at my home. For those of you who don't know, I teach uh, private quilting lessons here in East Bridgewater, Massachusetts, and some of the surrounding towns. And I also offer workshops about once a month in my house. And we had such a great time with those workshops this year. Um, Some of the things that we did, we made rope bowls, we did a jelly roll race day, I taught my group how to paper piece, fusible applique, we had our annual uh, summer quilt along where we chose a one block quilt called the Royal Star and then we chose a second one block quilt called the Sweet Tea Star and we all made them together but in our own preferred fabric choices and it was so much fun. The year before we did the same thing with the Jacob's Ladder Quilt and this year Coming up, we're going to do it again in the summer. We also did jelly roll rugs. We made fabric ornaments. And on Tuesday, I am hosting a little Christmas brunch for my ladies and a fat quarter exchange. And I'm really excited for it. and I can't wait. So today I put together the workshop for 2020. And some of the things we'll be working on are landscape quilts, um, a pinwheel party spring table runner, a color wheel review. Everyone loved that color class last year and felt that um, at the time it maybe wasn't all soaking in but as the year went on and they were choosing fabrics for other projects and saw how great a project could look if you pick a color recipe we called it which was one of the color schemes um, in color theory and that kind of inspired everyone to sort of take a second look about color theory in general so we're going to repeat it and maybe do a little project based on that we're also going to work on learning the technique to make an orange peel block we'll have our summer quilt along as i mentioned we're going to have a learn free motion basics class and in october we're going to have sort of a catch-all class where we will take our bare jello pieces that we made the year before or actually i think we made them last january Several of us haven't done anything with them. We made these beautiful Bargello pieces, and they're just sitting there, so we're going to turn them into quilted tote bags and do some more fabric sketch collage. And in November, we'll make ornaments again, but different ornaments. It was a really fun class. And in December, we'll have our Christmas party and fat quarter exchange once again. These workshops are always fun, and I do wish that I could reach more of you with them other than Uh, the folks who live close to me, so who knows, maybe this year we'll get something going online where I could um, maybe teach it through video or something. Anyway, um, one way that I was able to do that was through the ebook, the Fabric Sketch Collage ebook. I'm going to talk about that for a second. Um, Basically, that was born out of the workshop here at the house. I had started making a few of these Fabric sketch collages, which you take, oh, it's hard to explain this easily. You take a photo, a beautiful photo that you love, something that doesn't have a whole lot of background to it. Like I did a goat, I've done a pumpkin, I've done a leaf, currently working on a point of one. Um, and you bring it into an app on your phone or computer and you turn it into a sketch. And then by doing that, what happens is that the colors in your photo become very vibrant, saturated, and I'll say um, divided almost so that you can really see the color and value in each in the photo in each part of it. And you take your little bitty fabric scraps and you attach it to a printout on fabric photo paper of your um, photo. And you're really paying attention to the value because it makes such a huge impact on the finished project and once you've got all your bitty pieces attached then we put some tool over it we do some free motion stitching and we bind it and they're just small pieces they're eight by eight and the reason why I kept it small is because I get bored I want to move on I have lots of photos that I love and that I I want to use and I want to get to them all so to do a huge one I have done bigger ones before the one of um I've done one of each of my kids, actually. And I do prefer the smaller ones because it's just easier. it's a little bit more portable. But anyways, I took all the notes from that workshop, added to it, <clears throat> excuse me, and came up with a 20 page ebook that I am selling for 999 on Etsy in my Etsy shop and I will post that link. And I meant to uh, get this podcast done earlier because the launch day for that pod for that book, was November 20th, and also on that day, I got the great honor of being a guest blogger on Lynn Kane's Puppy Girl Designs blog. So I'll also link to that. So November 20th was a great day. And um, if you purchased, I had said that if you purchased the ebook between November 20th and December 2nd, you would also receive a free pattern in your download for our, um, a mug rug. So I'm going to extend that because I didn't get a chance to say it on the podcast, and I don't want you all to miss out on the opportunity. So let's just say for another week, it's what, December 5th? So through December 12th, um, you also can get the free uh, pattern download. (coughs) Excuse me. And that will just download right with your Etsy purchase. So I do hope that you'll check it out because this is a project that is easy It's fun. It's relaxing. Sit there with your, you know, evening tea or wine and set it up at the kitchen table. It's super simple and so rewarding. The result is amazing. I ended up teaching the workshop twice because there was a demand for it. And I'll tell you, they were making beautiful pumpkins. We didn't get to finish the entire project in one sitting here, Um, but I know a couple have finished and I've seen uh, photos of them and they look beautiful. It's such a great technique, and I hope that you'll take advantage of learning it on your own in your own home. The example in the book is of the pumpkin, but the steps are the same no matter which photo you choose. So you can, um, you know, you're going to have to choose a a photo of your own anyway because you won't be at my house with me handing you (laughs) the pumpkin photos. So anyways, check it out. Again, that's on my Etsy store. So I also mentioned that I got this brother cut and scan machine, and um, I'm someone who has jumped on the bandwagon of these cutting machines several times, beginning with Pazzles way back in the early 2000s. Um, I'm just going to pause for a minute because I have a frog in my throat, so I'm just going to have a good cough for a second and a sip of coffee, and I will be right back. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Hopefully I'll be fine now. Um So Pazzles was something that you downloaded to your laptop and it was a machine and you could design um, words and you could purchase images and you could cut them out. So it's um, a cutting machine basically. And you could cut fabric and leather and I don't know, balsa wood or whatever. So when my laptop died, and I moved on to another laptop. The version of the PAUSA software that I had was not compatible. And I actually found the machine to be a little bit difficult to use. I didn't love it, I wasn't as enthralled with it as I am with this new one. But the second machine I got was a Cricut. And um, it's not the new awesome Cricut that will do all kinds of things right from your laptop over the internet. It was the type of Cricut that you had to buy a cartridge um, or cartridges that had the different design elements in them. So for every alphabet, you're buying a new cartridge. So that got expensive. And again, because it was a little bit of an older version of Cricut, it was not intuitive. I would have to sit and read that manual every time I sat down to use the machine. So I've kept the machine because I invested money in the cartridges, and I'm sure that I will go back or I will, you know, one of my kids will end up using that machine. I have no doubt it will be used again Um, because I do like the cartridges that I bought. So this fall, I decided that I was going to look into a new one because what I wanted the ability to do, and this is called the Brother Cut and Scan, Now scan is the operative word here because you can scan a hand drawing right into the machine and it will cut it. How awesome is that for a pattern designer? Totally awesome, right? So I can draw out my templates and I can, excuse me, scan them right into that machine and they will cut and it will cut fabric. So it has those sticky boards that you attach your fabric and stuff to Um, and one of the one of the I'll say the harder parts of it is getting it to cut the fabric without the fabric shifting so I just put fusible on the back and I peel it off very carefully and I haven't had a problem with it and I'm really enjoying it and recently I got into cutting the vinyl and I did that because I have a flour and sugar canisters on my counter and they're large and I thought oh maybe I'll label them. Well, it was so easy. I fell in love. I ended up making wine glasses, towels, T-shirts. Um, I forget what else. I vinyled some other things too. And I like the ease of it because it's internet driven. Basically, there's a, a program that you can put on your laptop and you can design and then you just send it wirelessly right to your machine. So I want to say, I don't remember how much it was. It was two-something, maybe. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. I'll be right back. I just looked on Amazon real quick, and I think it's 300 on Amazon. Um, and I had saved up some money because I knew I was going to be making the purchase, so that made it a little bit easier, but I have really loved it. I find it to be the easiest of the machines to use. And there's a Facebook group, um, wherever you know, it's a scan-and-cut group, The ideas that these people come up with are just so phenomenal. It's really been a fun thing to sort of follow along and see what I can try to make. So if you're interested in a machine like that, I would have to say that the one that I would choose over and over again, based on the ease and the intuitiveness of the programs would definitely be this one. I really, really like it. So that has been taking up some of my time. As um, I mentioned earlier, too, I read a couple of good books this month. One was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and that was written by Tara Reed Jenkins, I believe, and she is the author of Daisy Jones and the Six. And this other book that she's written, she's written more, but this other one, um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, was so good, um, and I really love Daisy Jones, and this is In a style very different than Daisy Jones, but equally as compelling and good. Um, I'm going to read you the description. So the author's name is Taylor Jenkins Reid, not the other way around, Taylor Reid Jenkins, (laughs) which is what I think I said, so sorry about that. All right, so the description on Amazon is as follows. Aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon, Evelyn Hugo, is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant for the job, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Why her? Why now? Monique is not exactly on top of the world. Her husband has left her and her professional life is going nowhere. Regardless of why Evelyn has selected her to write her biography... Monique is determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career. Summoned to Evelyn's luxurious apartment, Monique listens in fascination as the actress tells her story. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s, to her decision to leave show business in the 80s, and of course the seven husbands along the way, Evelyn unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. Monique begins to feel a very real connection to the legendary star, but as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. This book was so good, I couldn't put it down, and we read it for book club, and everyone loved it, and my husband read it too because he really enjoyed Daisy Jones and the Six. And I'm pretty sure he thought this book was going to be like it, but it was like a total chick book. So, But Greg's a pretty sensitive guy, so I'm going to say he really did enjoy it. And I almost wish he had finished it a few days before because I would have asked him to come to our book club because he has some really good insights on books. But yeah, it's definitely worth it. The current book club book that we're discussing this evening at book club is, I think it's called Kitchens of the Great Midwest, and I had no idea what this book was going to be about or whether I was going to like it, and I'm going to say I was 50-50 on the book because I didn't enjoy the beginning, but I did enjoy the end, and I will read you a description of that one too in case you're interested. Okay, the author of this is J. Ryan Stradell. S-T-R-A-D-A-L, and I will make note of it in the notes. The description uh, is as follows. When Lars Thorvald's wife, Cynthia, falls in love with wine and a dashing sommelier, he's left to raise their baby, Eva, on his own. He's determined to pass on his love of food to his daughter, starting with pureed pork shoulder. As Eva grows, she finds her solace and salvation in the flavors of her native Minnesota, From Scandinavian lutefisk to hydroponic chocolate habaneros, each ingredient represents one part of Eva's journey as she becomes the star chef behind a legendary and secretive pop-up supper club, culminating in an opulent and emotional feast that's a testament to her spirit and resilience. Each chapter in J. Ryan Stradall's startlingly original debut tells the story of a single dish and a character at once capturing the, the... Zeitgeist. I don't know how to say that word. Zeitgeist? I'm going to have to go look that up. Of the Midwest, the rise of foodie culture and delving into the ways food creates community and a sense of identity. By turns, quirky, hilarious, and vividly sensory, Kitchens of the Great Midwest is an unexpected mother-daughter story about the bittersweet nature of life, its missed opportunities, and its joyful surprises. It marks the entry of a brilliant new talent. So like I said... It was a little too, um, I don't know, I didn't love it in the beginning. But like I said, I did enjoy it in the end and I was happy to finish reading it. I looked forward to reading it in the evening. So um, if you're a foodie, you might want to hop on board that one. So tonight at Book Club, we'll choose a new one and then I can tell you all about that next month. I've been thinking about the amount of quilt kits I have in my craft room as another year comes to a close and um, I have a lot and I'm sure you all have a lot also but one in particular is sort of sticking in my mind giving me a little niggling thought here and there so I'm thinking maybe that should be the next one I work on and it's a red and white Fair Isle quilt and that kit was from Connecting Threads a few years ago and my mom gave it to me for Christmas And I keep thinking about it and thinking about it, so I guess it's time I pull that out and work on it. So maybe after I'm done recording this podcast, I will go look for it and wash the fabrics. And you wanna make sure anytime you have reds and whites together, that separately, you're washing those fabrics really well and making sure that there's not going to be any um, running of the dye and bleeding because on a red and white quilt, that really stinks. So I will do that, and I'll be sure to use a Shout Color Catcher or two or three in there, which helps attract any free-moving dyes. Um, And you can find those in the aisle with, like, the bounce sheets and the downy sheets if you've never used them. I like to use them on all my quilt fabric before I wash them because I am a fabric washer. So anyways, I'm going to work on that. I still have my point set of fabric collage that I will be working on. I'm looking forward to finishing that one up so that I can begin the next one. And what else? Well, we have Christmas wrapping here to do and some more Christmas shopping and all of that good stuff. And the more that I need to do, like Christmas cards and make fudge and all that stuff, the more I don't feel like doing it. And I'm sure you all can relate. So I had to laugh last week. I'm going to end this podcast soon because I do have a lot to do, but I want to pop in and say hello and share my words and all that. But uh, I do have one funny little story to end on that happened last week when Amanda, Lindsay and Leah were all home. Now, they weren't all home for very long because Amanda had to go back to work in New Hampshire and... um she was home, she had some days off from school, but she still has a job up there. And Lindsay was home for a while, but anyways, uh, I, we were all sitting on the couch, and it was the day before Thanksgiving, <clears throat> and I had done almost all of the prep work that I needed to do to host my Thanksgiving dinner the next day. The house was clean, the food was prepped, all except for peeling the potatoes, And the girls and I were sitting there, and I think I was having a cup of coffee, and I kept kind of moaning and groaning a little bit, like, oh, I don't want to go peel those potatoes, I don't feel like it. Now, it had already been a long day of many, many chores for me, and um, so I was complaining a little bit. But let me preface this by saying that I am, as you probably know, a huge, like, self-help, life coach, like junkie. I love all that kind of stuff. I hear, um, sometimes I hear motivational quotes and stuff and I really take those to heart and I try to work them into my life and I try to uh, pass those on or kind of, you know, pass them on to my kids through osmosis or something by um, trying to instill that into their heads so that you know, when they need to get motivated to do something or need to, you know, get going a little bit, they will maybe hear my little voice in their head. So here's proof that this works. As I sat there and moaned and groaned about potato peeling, Leah said, mom, five, four, three, two, one, go. And then Lindsay said, mom, the motivation is in the movement not the other way around. And then Amanda says, Mom, say a little prayer for yourself. (laughs) Well, I just about fell on the floor laughing because I thought to myself, Aha! They were listening. They were listening to me, but how dare they use it against me now. So, the five, four, three, two, one, go is, of course, Mel Robbins and the five second rule. And that is, you know, you don't want to do something, do it anyway. Five, four, three, two, one, go. And the second one, which is the motivation is in the movement and not the other way around, is actually something that Becky Higgins from the Cultivate a Good Life podcast. Uh, Has come to realize is true, and I will say it is 100% true. You really don't feel like doing something, but you're never going to get motivated to do it by sitting there. The motivation actually happens once you get up and start moving and doing it, then you end up getting more motivated and inspired to finish it. So I guess Lindsay was particularly listening to that one. And then, of course, say a little prayer for yourself is me always trying to get the girls to open their hearts and say their prayers and pray for themselves as well. (laughs) So there you have it. It all got thrown right back in my face, but I'm going to call it a win because I think they were listening. So anyways, all that to say, I got my butt up off the couch and I peeled my dang potatoes. So anyways, that's about it for today. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a comment or a review on iTunes. And that will help others to find it. And I want to thank you all for listening. And you can um, email me at Colwell SG at Comcast.net. You can find me on, um, well, of course, you can just comment on this podcast. You can find me at Quilt Cabana Patterns.com. And from there, you can link to the blog in my Etsy store. Don't forget to get your um, Fabric Sketch Collage ebook before the 12th so that you get the free pattern with it. And you can also find me on Facebook, Quilt Cabana Patterns. And from there, you can join our Step Into Your Art 2019 group, which I will change the name at the end of the month to 2020. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. So um, I will talk to you next time. I don't know if it will be before Christmas or not. Uh, If it is not, happy holidays. There are many holidays in December, and I wish you all happiness for all of them, whatever you are celebrating. And I will see you in the new year. And um, we'll really put our word choices to work. And we'll have a very, very creative 2020. Take it easy, guys. See you next time.